0: title for you. (laughs) I don't don't even have any excuses for this one. Hopefully I change it. So I'm currently titling this episode, How to How. So like, fuck, I really hope I can come up with something better than that um, between now and when I am actually publishing and sharing this. But what I want to talk about is the how. And something I've been really playing with with a lot of my people and and in my own businesses is like you can set the goals you can know how it's gonna feel when you achieve them you can have the metrics and strategies and hypotheses and be testing but like the one thing you do not get to know in certainty is the how and the when i think uh yeah, I, I, I did my first five-year plan in my early 20s. I read that what is now debunked study from, I think it was like Yale or Harvard, where a vault, you know, the MBA graduates who had a five-year plan, they were 80% more successful than those who didn't. And the ones who had written down their five-year plan were more successful than those 80% combined or something to that effect. And I was like, oh, well, fuck, I want to be successful. So I guess if writing down a five year plan is what makes you successful, I'll do it. And I did. And it was fairly ambitious as mine always are. I think I had just, I was probably a year into Australia. So I'd finished up with audio engineering, um, my study, and I was working in this badass, like the biggest studio in I mean, it claims the Eastern hemisphere, but Australia always claims to like, whatever it is, is like the biggest in the South or the biggest in the East. And it's like, really? I don't think, I don't think so. But the studio at the time was claiming to be the biggest recording studio in Australia. And I was working with all sorts of fancy fucking people. And it was uh, like unbelievable. Quite literally. i, I it, it, That was never part of a plan, right? So I, you know, I had um, helped friends build their first studio. I can't remember if I was managing um, my first job outside of that studio was, was producing. And then I ended up managing another producer's studio. Um, But I thought, you know, okay, let's, let's do this. I want to be able to stay in this country. Uh, At that point, I'd probably, was fresh into a relationship. I, you know, I, I put it all down on the plan. And to my shock and, and horror, I had achieved everything on that five-year plan in about two and a half years. Oh, like owning a property. That was another one. Um, it had just, I thought they were all fucking pipe dreams when I put them on this plan. And then, yeah, lo and behold, I had knocked them all out of the park, except none of the things materialized in my real world the way I had imagined them I think my favorite is always like envisioning my own office and you know I saw like name my business name on the wall and it was a gorgeous space and it like when I thought office I also kind of like thought employees but uh excuse me yawning hopefully I can edit that out um And then, you know, fast forward two and a half years, and I was essentially renting the top floor of one of my mentors. He didn't know he was my mentor. I had just internet stalked him. (laughs) I, uh, I was renting out the top floor of his building. And I realized, oh, all I need to do to pay rent is get a handful of other people to help me pay rent. And so I found some other like super fucking cool music people that like I kind of thought, oh, well, like if I'm in um, like studio land and you're a band manager or you're a touring manager or you work for a record label in A&R, then we're all going to help each other. And I didn't realize that that was essentially like what a modern day sort of co working scenario is, but that became a job in and of itself. And so, no, I did not mean like when I have my own office that, that managing that office space would feel like a full-time job. But here, you know, here it was two and a half years later on my, on my goal list. And it was just a really, really powerful reflection for me. And now um, I tend to do this at the beginning of the year, not necessarily because like January 1st means a lot, but mainly because people check out for a couple weeks and it gives me the time to like really review. And I think, I don't know, I'm not at that great. I'm getting a lot better at it, but taking the time out to really like look back on what's happened and what I've learned and what worked well and what did not work and then use that information to improve my approach in planning and strategies has not always been my forte. So, anywho, this tends to be something I revisit every year. And it's always kind of wild to look at like what goals actually happened and in what time frame as well. Now, obviously, there are things that happen that are things that we plan on that never happen. And some things that happen. That we would never have planned on. And this can really fuck us up. Firstly, it can be obscenely distracting and draining and defeating and horrific. And when you're trying to juggle your own business, your own livelihood, your own freedom and autonomy, and then life kicks you in the fucking balls, man, it's, (laughs) there aren't words. I remember, um, I did my energy leadership index assessment on a gentleman who I'd worked with many, many years prior. And I just remember him being effervescent. He was older. He worked with some heritage acts, which is music industry for like, you need to pick up the phone maybe twice a week. And then you like go and hang out with your band who you know, they don't get out of bed for less than a million dollars. Like they play stadium shows and they're old. Like everybody knows who they are, right? It's a heritage act. So this individual had been managing this act since they were a baby band, so it was a lifelong endeavor. He was much much older than me. And I was shocked when he signed up for this ELI and I couldn't believe it when I got his results because his results indicated he was all level 1 and 2, which meant he was living in a a state of panic, of fear, of force, of scarcity, of poverty, of pain, of suffering like I had never seen a result like that before. And I was new to this. I was practicing. And so I reached out to some of my mentors at the time and they said, you know, just don't, don't be, don't make assumptions. That that never ends well for anybody ever. But based on what you have described, this gentleman, typically when we see results like that, it's very situational, meaning something has occurred. And that's why his dominant level of energy, his his attitude, his perspective is so fear-based. So, lo and behold, we did the assessment, and it turns out his wife had had a really, really aggressive breast cancer for the last year, and she was just on the other side of it. But what he had learned was that the music industry isn't really a place for that level of pain and suffering. And suddenly, when you're having to take care of your soulmate and life partner, taking care of a grown up child. <laughs> Loses a little of its appeal. And so yeah, we, we spent a lot of time talking about what next, where to from here, and really exploring and dreaming into what, you know, I think at the time he was probably late 50s, early 60s, like, what does somebody with that level of wisdom and experience do when they want to start over? review the learnings look at what's worked what felt good what some of your greatest successes were and what influenced them where they came from how you stepped them out do the same thing with the bad shit with your biggest fuck-ups with your biggest mistakes now i know and with 2020 hindsight we always make those things work and I use this example a lot. When I start making a lot of little mistakes, it means I'm on the road to burnout. I know that now cuz I can look back at every time I hit that fucking wall and didn't get out of bed for 3 weeks and and burned all of my bridges. I can see now through that pattern that there were they weren't red alerts. Like they weren't like huge warning signs. They were very 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 subtle. They were consistent. When I start dropping the ball, when I start making little mistakes, that's my sign to slow down, build out better resources for myself. That's when I need to get to that like sustain and build out infrastructure place in my own businesses, because I usually just breeze past that and go from startup to scale. So look at where you are repeating a sad story, my friend, and stop being the victim and your survivor narrative. Because here's the thing, you can't be a survivor if you haven't been a victim. They're two sides of the same coin. And it's like the same thing as like fail and success. They're two sides of the same coin. I have just as many people, just as many clients avoiding success as much as failure because they're terrified of it. But what if there's no binary? You can't fail or succeed because you're not getting off this path of life, my friend. Like... (laughs) It's just, it's just one foot in front of the other one day after the next. So stop binary, binarying. get out of the binary, get out of the fail or success, get out of the victim or survive. You are a warrior and you are going to keep going. So how do we do that? How to how? Well, I think we've I've already beat this horse into an oblivion, but daily when you're in survival mode, (laughs) when you, when you realize you were starring in your own tragedy, there's a couple things you can do every day to really shift your perspective. If you don't have a gratitude practice, if you are not regularly expressing gratitude for being a part of this unbelievable miracle we call life, like crunch the numbers. I mean, I have i don't remember it offhand, but there's like a 4 billion chance of the sperm that landed on the egg that made you, like of that happening. So you're a fucking miracle, okay? And that's cheesy and I'm not even gonna get into that. Be grateful for the sun on your skin, for the air in your lungs, for the technology that is allowing you to listen to this podcast. Um, this this is super mega woo, but Esther Hicks does, I think she calls them appreciation rampages. You can find them on YouTube. But it's like when you take a few minutes to just be like, I fucking love you for listening to this. I love me for creating this. I love creation as a process. It feels so fucking great. After this, I'm litty titty. I can't wait to go on a another massive hike. I love my dog. I love the the mountain bikers on the trails with me. I love the birds. I love the, you know, blah, 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 blah. It like just doing that enlivens me. It gives me so much energy. And it is like doing that on the daily, doing that anytime you shift into that fear of force mode, like it's the quickest way to shift into a more expansive place. And sometimes in business, we've got to be in expansive places even when we're feeling like the world is crashing down on us, right? So it's building up these little incremental habits that you can do moment to moment, day to day to get out of your fucking sad story. Look at what went well at the end of a day. Celebrate yourself for even just one thing, Okay. And then if things didn't go according to plan, commit to one thing to do 1% better. Just 1% better, okay? Tomorrow is a whole new day. It is a whole fresh start. Anything can happen if you believe that. And what you may notice is I didn't say like 10X it, you know? It's not about trying to, you know, my partner always does this. Like every day he's going to start his diet. He's going to fucking stop eating all sorts of shit. He's going to exercise for an hour. He's going to do all of his work nonstop. Like he commits to like climbing this mountain, which like inevitably that's not going to happen. Right. And so it's like, he's already giving himself permission to not be successful. And it's like, well, let's just like, like do five crunches and five barbell pushes or something. You can see the fitness. (laughs) What? But like make a 1% improvement. That's something that um, with goal setting theory and building confidence, firstly, your brain really does need to believe you can do it. I'll get into like goal setting in a little bit, but if you don't think you're going to do it, you're sabotaging yourself before you start. You've got to build that confidence just like you build trust. It's a little bit every day, okay? Um... Yeah. Anytime you're trying to create a new habit, anytime you're trying to create change, it's incremental. It's one, one by one, 1% at a time. And don't, you know, it's like, what do they always say? You underestimate what you can achieve in six months. You overestimate what you can achieve in six months and underestimate what you can achieve in six years. The how is a continual process. Figuring out your how in this moment, it's going to look different than it might tomorrow. And it probably looks different than it did yesterday. And I sh- it sure as shit looks way different than it did six years ago or six months ago, right? So I'm sure you're familiar with SMART goals. Specific, measurable, attain, uh, actual, realistic, and timely. Well, I might have butchered that. But it's because, like, that's a stupid acronym built by corporate. The point is, is pick a thing. <laughs> Define it right like describe it describe what it is you want and more most importantly describe how it's going to feel when you get it like why did i want that office i wanted a place to go every day i wanted to be surrounded by inspirational successful productive connected people i wanted to feel successful i wanted i, I did want a beautiful place you know i wanted a view i wanted to feel like my future was ahead of me And in any moment, I had the opportunity to create something even more amazing than what I was experiencing in that right now. And I can, like, even just talking about it, I can still feel like being in Sydney, being in Darlinghurst, being on Crown Street. I ended up, it was like a block away from my favorite art gallery where I like walked past my favorite artist at the time and totally fangirled out on her. Like those feelings are palpable. That's what I wanted. Now I needed, you know, then you pick a time. I'm going to try to achieve this by this date only so that we, we contain it so that we can start measuring our progress so that we can iterate and improve. Now, how do you measure? Pick your ideal and then pick your minimum. So the ideal scenario is, um, you know, I'm going to be spending the most I could possibly spend on rent is X amount of dollars. And like, yeah, I mean, anything over a dollar is probably going to make sense otherwise, but you pick your, your ideal and then you pick your acceptable minimum. And that's how you kind of create these parameters within which to play. That's how you figure out your how, what are you going to do? Why are you doing it? And get, get real fucking clear on that. Make sure you're not doing it for somebody else. I can't tell you how many clients I talk to who are trying to make a certain amount of money because they think that's what they need. And then when we workshop and reverse engineer what it would take for them to make that amount of money, they realize that is a very ego-driven external number. And the reality is, is if you're doing what you love and you have the freedom and autonomy to do it, you probably need a lot less fucking money because you just don't need to spend as much on bullshit to distract yourself from the fact that you hate your goddamn life. (laughs) And also, like, you might not be the kind of person that wants to work 24-7. Oftentimes, the numbers that we're told we're supposed to hit demand, like, a kind of obscene amount of work. It's why everybody's so fucking stressed out right now and treating each other like shit is because they're exhausted they're on a hamster wheel and they're running somebody else's race. So figure out what you want, figure out why you want it, then give yourself a time limit, a little bit of the when, and then you get to start to talk about the how. Now approach this from a complete beginner's perspective. This is a completely fresh strategy. Step it out. It's the big picture, like you know. You might have picked something that's thirty days. You might have picked something that's thirty years. Um, you start to break that down until we get to a amount of time that feels immediate. So from there, look at how you're going to break the strategy down into this immediate time frame. What resources you're going to need. And then any obstacles that might get in your way. And so I've, I've talked a lot about this in other episodes, but depending on the size of the goal, let's say it's you know 30 years, it's retirement. We wanna have 2 million in the bank by 30 years. Well, so in 15 years, we probably need 1 million, which means in seven to eight years, we need 500,000, which means in three years, we need 250,000, which means in one year, we need 75,000. Okay, and that's just savings. Let's just say that, right? So in order to save $75,000, maybe we need to be earning 75 or $150,000. So we can put $75,000 in our bank account, $75,000 into our retirement account. Okay. Well, based on what I did last year and based on what I did this year, that may or may not feel reasonable. So then add a couple of years onto it, whatever it is, get to a place where it feels reasonable and doable so that you're not sabotaging yourself. And then you, you know, you, you go from one year to quarterly, to monthly, to weekly. Now look at your next week or month. (laughs) What? What's happening? The first resource you need to understand is your capacity. Do you have the time to get this done? Right now, it's the beginning of fall, the beginning of autumn in the Northern Hemisphere, and people make these grandiose plans, but they forget there's a lot of holidays coming up kids are in school, they've got their own shit going on, people are busy. And we forget to include those timings into our how, into our plans, into our goals. We might forget it's been a cunt (laughs) of a year. The last 18 months have been brutal. Do we have the mental, emotional... And dare I say, spiritual capacity to actually get this shit done. And if spiritual is a, I mean, I don't think you're listening to this, if that's a trigger for you, but like, do you have the faith and the trust and the belief that you are capable of tackling this goal? Start there, my friend. Then do you have the passion? Do you have the tenacity? Do you have the fire? Again, it has been, it has been rough out there. You might not, you might be setting a goal that would have made a little bit more sense in 2018. <laughs> and then finally, do you literally have the time, the space, the resources, the support, the people, the skills, the things that you need in order to get this thing done? And none of these should defeat it. All we do is create a strategy or a plan around anything we might be lacking. Okay. The last question that, I mean, if you've worked with me, you know, I don't end almost any, every session with like, what, what do you perceive getting in your way? What obstacles might happen? Now, there's a pretty fucking obvious one right now, pandemic. But the thing is, is that we have so much more information available to us. Businesses might be shut. Events might be limited. People might not be coming into work. What are you going to do about it? Now that you have the information, you can create... Oh my God, I just discovered a beetle. There's a beetle in my closet. I'm recording this in a closet. Did I... Did I start the last episode of that? I think I forgot to say that with this one. Do you notice a huge difference in the sound? Let me know. But yeah, what obstacles? Maybe there's a beetle that's going to distract you. (laughs) Maybe there's a fucking bug infestation and you have to tank your building. Having a real talk with yourself or with your team, who knows, with your accountant about the obstacles that might get in your way is the linchpin in a successful how. And it is also the way that you find a little grace, a little ease, a little flow. You know, oftentimes we get stuck in our story. We get stuck in our fucking struggle story, this narrative of like, this always happens or it has to be hard or I have to work my ass off or I have to hustle harder. Those are just stories. I was talking with a woman who I've been sort of working on and off with I was complaining about social media it's one of my favorite things to complain about and I was saying how it's a very useful tool and I totally respect it and I respect what people have lever- how people have leveraged it but I've never enjoyed it so I resource I outsource it and but you know if I'm outsourcing if I'm paying somebody else to do it I can only ever be so successful because I'm not energetically invested in it. In fact, I'm like anti it. So there's just no way I can be successful with social media. And she just went, I mean, I guess if you say so. And I was like, oh, shit, there's my fucking victim story. I'm saying it has to be hard. And firstly, I'm saying I have to hate it. So let's start with that. What if, you know, a really powerful question to ask yourself of what if this can be easier? What would that look like? What if this could be enjoyable? What would that look like? Start, like I said, as a beginner. Look at this with fresh eyes. What's another way? Maybe you don't have to try so hard. Maybe it doesn't have to feel so hard. What if that's just your narrative, your story? It's kind of hard to walk away from our victim survivor identity it's incredibly powerful archetype to embody but it also means like we've been giving ourselves permission to stay stuck and you know with that level one that that the victim we need we need that energy sometimes sometimes we do need to stay still sometimes we do need to lick our wounds and to heal and to pause There's no shame in that, but step into that space knowingly and proactively. Give yourself the time and space to heal. And when you're ready, when you're sick or you're sad story, you can shift. Um, I'll give Jessa Reed credit for this one because she was talking about just habits in general. And she said like beating yourself up for not changing a habit. it just doesn't work. It's that like level one, level two victim and then bully energy. Right. And you kind of just oscillate between the two when you're ready to stop, when you're really ready, you will. And again, this isn't like if you're in some abusive fucking situation or some addict scenario and you're destroying your goddamn life. No, this is just like, if you want <clears throat> to make a couple more cold calls every week. Or post a little bit more to social media or have a few more conversations with customers as they walk into your bricks and mortar, right? Like, uh, business, business, that's, that's what we're talking about. Um, so, that's where like your resources, your mental, emotional, spiritual, that's what I'm talking about. Like, physically, can you handle this? Mentally, are you prepared for this? And like, spiritually, are you fucking on board? Are you ready to try a different way? Do you believe it can be different? Do you have hope? Do you have faith? Do you have trust? In my darkest, darkest moments after having gone through many, many dark nights of the soul, I started to realize like that I know this, this too shall pass mentally, logically, I get it. Now, emotionally, I'm fucking in it. But like, I've done this before. This is where that review comes in. I know all I have to do is put one foot in front of the other. And at some point, this is going to shift. So I can just do the bare minimum. That's that level one. I can just do the bare fucking minimum. And I'm conscious. There's some days where it's like shower, um, skim your emails, and then you can go back to bed. And no shame, no guilt. Test it. That's That's a strategy. That's a how. Give myself an hour. If I don't feel better in an hour, maybe I get half a day. If at, you know, the half day point, I can message people that are on my calendar for the next day and be like, I need to reschedule. I'm sick. That's a how that's a strategy. Like, gosh, I want to leave it on like a, on a higher, on a higher note. The point being like how to how you are totally in charge. You know how you work best. Honor that, foster that, grow that, give yourself the space. I talk a lot about productivity and other another episode so I won't get into that now but just figure out what you want figure out why you want that thing and then just start playing with the timing have a look at your resources get to that super fun creative expansive place you can do it miracles happen every day what are you grateful for text me 720-704-4865 tell me something you're grateful for right now if you're so grateful you can you know review this podcast you can share it with somebody else who might need to know how to how. Shit, I feel like I'm sticking with this title. I've got the anti-business school. It's a pop-in, I think. I'm probably doing what I'm toying with right now is special pricing. I'm gonna announce dates around that. And then it's just gonna be like the regular monthly, $33 a month, all you can drink. And then in the container, I go live a couple times a month based on how I can best support you. And we have fun conversations. And I think that's all I got. At the BZ channel on socials, NicoleBZ.com on the World Wide Web. Love you, thank you.